0: For the last four years, you came to this podcast to get your needs met, to be fulfilled, to get a pro wrestling, pop culture, and that oh-so-naughty feeling tingled inside with a little bit of crass sprinkled on top. Now it's time for your hosts, Chad Allen, Shelly Allen, Zach Romero, and Luna Lynn. You are tuned in to the IndieCast. Greetings, everybody. Welcome once again to the IndieCast. It's an Alan episode. Chad and Shelly both here today. Uh, fully gimmicked is uh, the fully gimmicked half of the crew is all off working on fully gimmicked stuff. That's kind of how it works.
1: Wow. Yeah. Thanks. That was informative. Right? Yes. There you go. Uh,
0: we. I apologize, everybody. I know we were teasing a game-changing guest. The game-changing guest is us! <laughs> what? Uh,
1: Just Allen. Yeah, our guest,
0: <laughs> our guest might have fallen through. So, uh, maybe later, but uh, that's okay. There's a, uh, We're doing a hot takes episode, as, as uh, Zach would say. So, hot takes it is. Uh, okay. First little take we're going to talk about. Uh, Honey, David Starr, friend of the IndieCast. Uh, fifth member. Fifth, fifth uh, co-host of the IndieCast. Uh, recently came online because he was dealing with a gentleman who, you know what, I'm not even going to name the gentleman because I don't even want to give him much more press than he's already getting.
1: Wow, really? Like, no
0: name drop, Tubby Reverend? No, I'm going to name drop, I'll (laughs) name drop David all day. David's the talent. Uh, But he had a complaint back in about November-ish where um, there was a gentleman who was on the independent scene running a Hasidic Jew gimmick. Um, Okay. But it was a very stereotypical gimmick. Like, people would throw coins and he would chase them. Or if there was anything German-related, he would run away from it. Uh, Apparently, he had even told David at one point that he had an idea and a match where his head would end up in an Easy-Bake oven. And I'm not even making that up. Um, Ooh, tasteful. Right. right. Yeah. So, um, and David at the time, thinking that the gentleman was actually Jewish, um, was like, okay, well, it's not great. But at least he's, he's Jewish, so it's, you know. He's taking it over the top. Well, David found out he's not Jewish at all, uh, and was pretty upset about it for I think valid reasons.
1: I don't know if him being Jewish makes it less racist to be like I don't.
0: I don't know if I, I disagree with it. That. How that works? I don't know if I disagree <laughs> with that statement either. Does that make it any more racist? But there was a, there was a conversation on David's page where if somebody did an over-the-top gay gimmick who wasn't gay, would it be as big of a deal? Or, you know, like, the only thing that some people were saying was that if somebody came out, like, if a white person came out in blackface, okay, that's bad. But for some reason, some people thought, and maybe that's just, you know, Trump America, uh, that they didn't think this was as big of a deal, which I personally don't agree with. I think it's in horrible taste no matter what. Um but I guess David got into a conversation with this gentleman who was trying to come up with an angle where David would destroy the gimmick. Where him and David would have a feud and David would end the gimmick. And uh David had no interest in, in doing that because that would just That seems
1: unnecessary on David's
0: part. Right. Let's let's help the let's help the bad gimmick make money was basically yeah. what it was gonna look out to be. Um, but the gentleman did say that uh on New Year's Day he would no longer do the gimmick. He did have some bookings at the end of the year. He did want to honor those bookings, which I guess in a strange way I appreciate.
1: I mean, some some booker out there went, hey, this, is, this guy has a gimmick and I put it on my card. Right. There's a contract essentially involved in that. It is nice to honor that gimmick. Right. Like, to honor is, you know. So,
0: but after the first, geez. he was going to go online, apologize for anybody he may have offended, and then start working on rebranding himself. And David was in complete agreement with that, but said that, Hey, listen, you really have to go through with it. If you don't, everything we have here is, you know, basically been done through instant message. I'll just screen cap the instant messages. One of which was a very well-written apology about how the gimmick was, um, you know, not, not very in good taste. Uh, and how he felt sometimes people were kind of pushing him into it, which that part I don't totally believe either, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but David now has released this all online uh, to show the world kind of what the conversation was because the other gentleman did not follow through on his promise to, you know, kind of make this public apology. So that being said, honey, what do you, what do you think about David releasing the information? Was he right to do that? Should he give it him longer? Or because this gimmick was in so poor taste to begin with, You know, the fact that, like, somebody gave him even this much time with it is gobsmacking into itself.
1: Uh, Both things are true. So the gimmick is in poor taste. I think anyone could say if you put it into another context, if you if if there was some white wrestler out there, black facing, that wouldn't get over. Right. Um, I
0: think nowadays in some places it might actually. That's a whole other story.
1: I don't know. They've been doing poor gay gimmicks for a long time. Like, really bad ones have, have happened in the independent scene for a really long time.
0: Just Some really bad gay gimmicks have happened in major companies. Right. For, I,
1: I just think that bad gimmicks happen. Uh, people make bad choices. There have been many, uh, what I would call in poor taste, Polynesian, Native American... Arabic. I think we can all think of some very big wrestlers who have all maybe done a gimmick that was not, in hindsight now, is in poor taste. But it happens. If we give them no credence, if they get no bookings, it goes away. David has given this man now a platform to keep to keep going. By really releasing this information, he is now extended his 15 minutes of fame. This guy can go and run some heel heat off this. I don't know what his gimmick was like before, but I'm pretty sure that he can, he can make it more of a thing. He's now been put on by David Starr. He doesn't have to stop doing it, even though it's still in poor taste.
0: So do you think, see now I, okay, because now you're taking this a very different way than I thought you would. No. Do you think,
1: confuse you
0: all the time you do do you think david should have just ignored the gimmick then is that what you're saying and just tried to let it go away
1: i appreciate as a jewish person that he reached out to this guy privately and was like hey i don't know if you know you're being this offensive maybe it's just mm, missed you but it's rude and i want you to stop and he gave him you know an opportunity to do so but now that he does hasn't and hasn't decided to stop this gimmick, I would let him be. You have said your piece. Even putting up his even putting up his stuff mm. to give him more credence, to give him more back and forth, would just allow this man to continue getting some some undue hype from
0: uh, an established star. Very interesting. Yeah, and no, I don't. I. I... I kind of agree with you. And I kind of don't. I hope that David and David, if you want to come on and talk about this, by the way, let me know. Um, uh, but I don't know if I would recommend he mentions this gentleman after what he just released. I think now it should just be like he's dead to me. That's right. the end of it. Ignore him. But I think him bringing up in November to go like, "Hey, you know, as a Jewish individual, this is wrong." And should not be ignored. And then, like you said, reaching out privately to try to work, you know, to try to kind of work with this gentleman and get everything, you know, situated. And and looking like he was taking the the proper steps to not only, like, end this, you know, very uncouth gimmick, but even trying to, I guess, it sounds like he might have even been working with him and had phone conversations with him to try to, you know, talk to him about, like, where he could go from here. Is this the right step to do? But yeah, I think if we give after, and I guess we're probably giving him more well, than I haven't said his name yet either, so it's awesome. Um, but you know, giving this, you know, this other gimmick any more press, I think, is just wasted time now. Like,
1: yeah, this dude's a jabroni, it's okay that he had a bad gimmick, pick a new one, move on, bro. And if he doesn't. Then all of the bookers that we know and all the people who are out there don't book that dude. Right. We all know it's in poor taste. Stop. Right. Like at some point we just have to we have all changed. So we get to decide what we see and what we you know, essentially purchase. Don't don't keep supporting something you don't believe right. in, right? I don't think that wrestling gimmick is is cool. So cool. I won't I won't support it. I don't have to support a promotion that puts him up. He David's done all he needs to do right. to let other people know that this isn't cool. Right. Uh, and then you can move on. You know what I mean? Just like we can all do the same whenever we see a gimmick that we think isn't appropriate. It's really tough. As someone who's in the community, sometimes it's really tough when you see a gimmick that you think is in poor taste. I have seen many... Uh, even a, another black wrestler do a gimmick I didn't think was necessarily right beneficial to our to our ethnicity. Right, that's up to me then if right. I want to continue, you know, buying into his products. And a lot but... of
0: people were giving David a hard time because they were showing up other gimmicks from the past that you know, like Billy and Chuck, which could be you know is is ultimately you know not the best representation of a gay couple gimmick or, you know, Akeem, the African dream, which was a white guy who thought he was black and, you know, came out in the full, like dashiki and stuff. Um, You know, but the thing is, and and what David said, and what I kind of agree with him on this. And and what I think is it's hard to get offended about what's already happened now. Yes. If you look back, hindsight is always 2020. Those gimmicks look like hell now because it, you know, and probably even at the time, if we really stopped and thought about it, they probably are gimmicks that shouldn't have happened. But it was also a different time in a different era, where things like that were shouldn't have been acceptable, but ultimately, you know, were acceptable because of just because of the time frame.
1: Um, I mean, the every product, every entertainment product is dictated by its crowd. Right. The crowd at the time we can all say in the past was a a majority white audience. So lots of ethnic gimmicks were done at a time in poor taste because the audience played, they were playing to their audience. Right. Well, now our audience has changed. It's international. It's more diverse. We have a a wide range of wrestlers. We've stopped having bra and panty matches. I mean, the times have moved on, right? We've just all, you know, We've all now represented who's in our audience and, and what their values are. Once that changes, we all have to s- take a look at ourselves and go, is this gimmick in poor taste now? Can I right. continue doing this? Can I stop and look back and go, this is not cool? All of those things have to happen. So I think we always reassess where we are and whether or not we can continue doing the things we've been doing. Right. Right. We have been to many a uh, match that had a lot of blood. Right. And on the independent scene, that's still very okay. But we now know on TV, they've eliminated that from really happening. I think. So that, I think things just trend out. Right. David has all the right as a person to say, that's not cool, and called him on it. He's another professional. I think it's it's always better when a professional calls out another one. This is uncool behavior. Right. And he's it's up to this gentleman to decide to get a new gimmick, which don't get me wrong. is probably not easy. He probably needs to take some time and think of, you know, create a wrestler number 54 and and move on. But he'll figure it out or we can all we can all blackball him. That could also happen. But the worst is to now continue to give him hype. Right. Because I just don't think he's worth
0: it. By the way, it's very interesting you bring up blood, because I, I, I'll go to the big companies here for just a second, because you're, you're helping me segue a little on that. Um, recently at a house show, I think actually it was here in Tampa, uh, don't quote me on that, though. somewhere here in Florida, okay. um, Roman Reigns and Samoa Joe fought each other, and they had to stop the match because Joe got busted open. In the nose? No, no, no. He was Sorry. bleeding from the head. Oh, okay. but Because
1: um, <laughs> his nose is clearly what everyone was thinking, because it's crooked. Obviously been broken It's been times. broken a few times. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh,
0: he probably is one of those guys that, like, breaks it on purpose and sets it back again just for fun. Are you kidding me, Joe?
1: Says so a man who's never had his nose broken. No, that would be no. horrible.
0: That would be horrible. No one would want to do that. So.
1: Um, but, but, yeah. Thoughts
0: on them stopping the match, I guess, would be the best question. So.
1: I don't know. I'm, I I'm not a wrestling fan of blood. I don't like light tubes. I don't like thumbtacks. I don't like, I don't like what I call garbage wrestling. Like I just think that's unnecessary. So if if someone legitimately is hurt and bleeding all over the place, stop the match. I understand. In previous times, that wasn't the case. If if it's kind of not a part of the show. Yeah. It can end for me. I'm okay with keeping these guys safe and, and sound. I don't know. Personally, if we were there when Cesaro got hurt, we saw that happen, and he didn't stop wrestling. I was amazed right. that he got, you know, significantly hurt and just kept wrestling. Hey, that's an awesome professional. Uh, sorry, maybe I'm a jerk, but I'm going to tap out. I'm going to be like, hey, uh, dental work needed. Um I'm going to keep rolling to the back of this ring. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm out. So, I don't know. I guess I'm not a big fan. I don't need to see Blood and Guts. Right. I don't. Okay. Uh, I know lots of people do. A lot of people enjoy that kind of thing. I'm just I'm just not that kind of girl.
0: Well, from Blood and Guts to a show that's probably not going to have a lot of Blood and Guts, but a lot of people are talking about. Uh, honey, do you know what Wrestle Kingdom is? Sure. I do. No, you can lie yes, if you don't. I do. What is Wrestle Russell-
1: Kingdom? You've talked about it. So it's a show that I know you've talked about. Yes.
0: Uh, It's New Japan's WrestleMania.
1: Oh, I knew that. Uh,
0: They do it every year on January the 4th, no matter what day January the 4th is. Right. Wrestle Kingdom's on January the 4th. Um, So a lot of people at the time that we are recording this will be staying up till like two o'clock in the morning this morning because that's when it will show in the Eastern time (laughs) of the U.S. so that they can watch it live. Um, And then for those of you that are missing it or that have missed it, uh, Access TV will be showing a three-hour special of it on Saturday. So there's something for you to look forward to. Uh, but a couple of really big matches are going to be happening on that show.
1: Cool.
0: And uh, the question becomes, which one's the main event? So, and so I'll give you the two of them. So the IWGP Heavyweight Champion is the Rainmaker, Kazuchi Okada, and I know I've, I've shown you some Okada before. Yes. Um, versus um, this gentleman, Tetsuya Naito who runs a group called uh, Los Incor- Incorriginalables de Japan. that yeah. was, I'm sorry. I, I butchered that. Oh, that was rough. And there's a bunch of people who are big into Japanese wrestling who are, like, staring at me right now. Uh, but ultimately, probably one of the bigger stables in wrestling right now in Japan, other than the Bullet Club, who's right. become, like, this international phenomenon. Or you have a, a no-DQ match for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship, Between Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho. Oh. So now, one of the conversations has been, both of those matches are the ones that everybody's, you know, really looking forward to. Not that the rest of the card isn't excellent. I'm not going to go through the entire card. Um, But which one, in your opinion, is the main event match of that show?
1: Dang it. This is a trap flag.
0: It's not a trap fly, People people have answers that go both ways. So that's why I'm interested to see which one you think would be more of the uh more of the main event of the show.
1: There's never a time when we watch any Japanese wrestling, any of the matches that you show me, that I don't want the main match to be Japanese talent. Okay. So I feel like that's better for their company. It's better for the show overall to end generally with a positive note for their like Japanese wrestlers. Okay, I think it's better for American audiences too. Um, okay, I think it makes you have to watch a style of wrestling or wrestlers you don't know as well. A lot of us here in the States know who Kenny Omega is and who doesn't know who old man Jericho is. <laughs> But I I can't wait to see them wrestle. I can't. I'm sure it's going to be a fantastic match. I still want to see that poor gentleman that you misnamed and their and their big star. I want to see that. Like I don't. I, there's no good way that I wouldn't want to put that first. So I mean, put that last. I I want to see that. I want to see the whole crowd react to it. Mm-hmm. I know that, you know, the Jericho Match is gonna be a big deal, but Mm, I can't, like, maybe it's just me. I can't get excited about a man who's 103. Like, I can't. Like, Jericho's you, 100.
0: By the way, you might be alone completely on that, that like, statement right I there. I know, I know. I'm in a Because the wrestling, the wrestling world has the biggest uh, wrestling boner right now for that match.
1: I have a big boner for Kenny Omega. Like, I man, I really hope he beats the snickel out of Jericho. Because I appreciate what Jericho does and his role in wrestling. I appreciate that his job now is to put over new talent. We'll do so, sir. I hope he does so amazingly. I wouldn't want to finish my card like that. So if I'm booking it, that's not how I would book it. Okay. So yeah.
0: Cause I'll be honest, the so Okada should always be the main event. That's the their main title, the main so title you're agreeing should, with me. should be the main event. <laughs> but the the match that's getting people interested is the is gonna be the Omega Jericho match. That's the one that's, I think, bringing more people into the into the show, especially, obviously, here in the U.S., because it's Omega, who's a, a known commodity here, and Jericho, who's obviously, you know, first ballot Hall of Famer the second he decides to finally stop wrestling, and they put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, probably the next time they do WrestleMania in Canada. There's just my guess right there. Um, but... Let me
1: wish for that.
0: But I, I think the one they've been kind of pushing a little more and the reason they should be pushing it more is the Omega Jericho match. Simply because I think this is the time that New Japan, especially seeing how well like Bullet Club shirts are selling all across the U.S. right now in Hot Topic stores and things like that. And their New Japan shirts are selling very well. Um, they, and the fact that they did a live show in California this past year that drew very well and did, and did some great numbers. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, is at the time where they need to they need to strike while the iron's hot. And if they're looking to expand and looking to move into the U.S., that they should probably do it while they have the opportunity. And I think this is the best way to decide what, um, you know, kind of what they want to do from that point. And obviously, if they can make this Jericho-Omega match become the cultural phenomenon I think it's going to be in the wrestling world, it's it's definitely the the spark that's probably going to light the fire to New Japan possibly becoming, if they're not already, the second biggest company in the world, and might be the first company in a while to actually maybe put a little bit of fear of god into Vince McMahon and the WWE. I,
1: I hear you with that. I agree I agree with everything you're saying like I do I agree that they're going to bring a lot of interest and popularity to the to the card. I just Man, you can't tell me that you shouldn't put their talent on. He deserves to to headline the show. He deserves it. So I just I don't know. I I can't There should be more than one big match, right? So it's okay that my, what might be the largest match on the show or might be the most talked about isn't the finale. Right. It's okay. But man, you should make you should highlight your talent and what you're bringing over. I think that's the reason I watch. I don't want to see necessarily a bunch of American wrestlers go there to to put names on their card. I want to see their talent and how they wrestle, the style, the str- Everything that they do is so great. Like. I want it to be highlighted for its own purposes. Just like, I guess I feel the same way about whenever we talk about specialty wrestling, I want it to be its own selling point. I don't think you should have any other reason to watch the New Japan card other than the fact that they're putting on a card and Mm. it's their biggest show of the year. Like, watch it because we all know it's really great wrestling. Right. I don't really care that two big stars that I know are there if that gets more people who don't know as much about their company to watch, then all right we've all won then all wrestling fans have won if we bring more wrestling watchers to to independent wrestling okay. I think that's I think we win but I can't say that I wouldn't want to put my stars or the guys who have been at my company who have put, their time and effort in, on on as the, the main event. Like, that just, to mm-hmm. me, screams unfair.
0: Now, let me ask you a question now, because I'm looking at the rest of the show. Here are some of the people that are booked for the rest of the show here. Um, obviously, the Young Bucks are booked. Mm-hmm. The rest of the Bullet Club is booked. Uh, Trent Beretta is booked. Michael Elgin and War Machine are booked. Zack Sabre Jr. is booked. Juice Robinson is booked. Cody Rhodes is booked. The killer elite squad of Davy Boy Smith Jr. and Lance Archer are booked. Marty Scurll is booked. Will Ospreay is booked. Jay White is booked. So for so you're
1: making my point that that Japanese talent should end the show. Okay, like
0: I guess my question then becomes: Is is it too much? Do they have too much international talent on the show, or do you think? Because a lot of these guys do wrestle for New Japan on a full time basis. Right, Basically, was, anybody that's under Bullet Club, which is the Bucks. Bad Luck Fale, Tama Tonga, Tamatonga, Tongaloa, Cody, um, Marty Skrull are all fairly, Kenny Omega are all fairly regular members of the, the roster being under Bullet Club. War Machines a fairly re- regular member of the roster. Elgin's a fairly regular member of the roster. Um, Killer Elite Squad are the tag champs right now, actually, uh, Davy Boy and, and Lance. Martin they Skrulls, the IWGP junior heavyweight, so...
1: And I'm saying they have a lot of talent, a lot of international talent, a lot of names that are known to those of us who are who love independent wrestling, mm-hmm. know their names, and they all work for New Japan. We're excited because those are New Japan guys right, on a New Japan show that we're going to get to see that I didn't have to pay $1,000 to get. Uh, I hear you. <laughs> Japanese talent should... And the
0: show. So let me, ask you, let me ask you one last question on this, and we'll move to the next topic. Is your major issue then the Japanese talent should end the show, or is it just the fact that you really hate Chris Jericho?
1: Oh, that's unfair. Trap flag, again. <laughs> you... It's a trap flag. There's no right answer to this. Look, we all know that I dislike Jericho. We all know it. It's known. It's out there in the world. I'm sorry. Uh, whatever. Um, no. I, even if Even if you didn't tell me that their match was on the show, I would still want Onida to end the show. I would still want Japanese talent to end the show. I, I feel like that... I just feel like that's the right so thing Akata, to do.
0: So Okada, Rainmaker should be the end of the... Because he's yes. the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, he should end the show. Yes. No matter what.
1: Okay. I do. Especially so. this particular show. It's not like a... This is a big deal for them. It's a big deal. It's like not putting Cena on the WrestleMania that's what it's
0: like but should seem to be the main event then of every show i mean i think right okay but
1: you know what i mean it's you gotta put you gotta put your guy on and i feel like they have a a huge lineup of a fairly known wrestlers you put you put your big star on the end that's 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 what you do
0: so okay uh last topic that i had today oh that's the best picture ever. Um. So, uh, Dusty Rhodes, one of my all-time favorites. I know. Uh, I was like,
1: are you about to drop a bionic elbow on me, though? No, like, no, no, no. That uh, happens sometimes. No, it doesn't. Does. No, it doesn't. Don't you it listen does. to
0: her. She's lying it's to true. you right now. I've never dropped a bionic elbow on my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, had uh some some very famous promos that he did where he wore the following fur coat. And uh, my wife has never seen, I don't believe, has seen a picture of Dusty Rhodes in the fur coat.
1: I don't think so. So
0: I am. This is a a great picture of Dusty Rhodes and Magnum TA in their matching fur coats.
1: Oh, that's sexy.
0: So I that's will,
1: a lot of fur. I
0: will try to use this picture as a uh, <laughs> as one of my uh, as one of my little promo pics. Or this is actually the interview that that is probably most famous for it when they were what? wearing it because Dusty Goodness. definitely kind of came out around the podium they had there to really give a full show of this. Um, so, let me
1: just let you know if you've never seen this photo or this interview. Uh, this look, is a lot of fur, yeah. and uh, Dusty looks really warm. I don't know. Well, I don't know about Dusty, anyone else. Dusty, I don't know
0: why. Dusty that's a big
1: man in a lot, in of, a lot warm, of fur, a lot of warm weather clothing. Uh, wow. Okay. Or- that's a or, beautiful... We'll, we'll
0: see if this one can come up here, because this one's great, too, with him facing off against Ric Flair with the cowboy hat Ooh. and the sunglasses on top Oh, my of
1: goodness. That. It's almost like fur coat meets hat. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> I don't know where his so, face is in between all of that. But he he had worn that for a lot of pictures, a lot of interviews. It was It's kind of a famous thing for Dusty with that fur coat. Um, somewhere along the way, uh, Dusty, I guess, while working for WCW... Uh, it, Diamond Dallas Page states that, that one of the main reasons he got to where he is is 100% because of Dusty. Um, he credits Dusty for every success he's ever had in the industry, for actually believing in him, for actually booking him. Well, I guess at some point that coat came up in conversation, and Page made some reference where, you know, dream, I got to have that coat. And Dusty, I don't know if he bought it or if Dusty just gave it to him, um, uh, had... um had gotten the coat. He had the, he had the coat with him.
1: So. Mm,
0: Bet that smelled delicious. Yes. So, uh, and now he's had that fur coat for, I guess, a while now. Yes. And, uh, recently had lent it to Cody Rhodes. And, uh, DDP just gave the coat over to, to, um, Cody as a new year's gift. Like, Hey, here you go on that one. So, uh,
1: how sweet, right? And adorable.
0: So, just yeah, I guess that was more the thought on that one. First off, of how, how awesome Diamond Dallas Page is uh, for being willing to just hand that over. Because he says in the the video that uh, he gives him the coat, that he definitely talked about how people had offered him up to ten thousand dollars to try to get a hold of that coat because it because of how well known it is. So, uh, any thoughts on DDP being the awesome? Samaritan that he is for just handing it over to Cody. Not that it probably shouldn't have just gone to Cody anyway, but...
1: Well, uh, I'm glad that Cody has it now. I'm sure that's a wonderful memory for him, um, to have his dad's coat. It's really awesome that someone treasured it, who obviously also had a great connection with Dusty. Um, I feel like that coat's probably too big for Cody, but... It's a big coat. It's a lot of fur. Um, but I think it's a really cool moment. I That's a really cool, like, wrestling moment. I'm really impressed. Um, I like DDP. I'm, I'm a fan. So as I did his yoga maybe a week or two ago. So, so yeah, so I'm a fan of his, and, and I'm glad that he was gracious about it because he's obviously had it a while. Some would say, why he had it so long? <laughs> If uh, both of Dusty's, Dusty's sons wrestle, <laughs> like, he could have given it to anybody. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I, I guess I'm concerned. Is Dustin going to be mad about it? I
0: don't. I don't think so. You
1: know, I don't know. Salty older brother moment. I don't, but uh, but I think it's really cool. I, I hope Cody, you know, thoroughly has a good time in it, I guess. I don't know. Bing yeah. bong? I don't you know. know. Yeah.
0: Have you seen Cody's wife? I have. <laughs> That's a win
1: in life. That's a win in life. Yeah. Don't do
0: it. Um,
1: I know. Calm down. I, I know. She's a beautiful woman. Cody totally beat it, you to it though.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I don't think I, I don't th- I think he had a, a major head start in this foot race. I'm not too worried. <laughs> I don't think I had a whole lot of chance of finishing in this one here. So,
1: so what do you think about the situation?
0: Uh, I love it. I'm glad that, uh, DDP is obviously gracious enough just to hand over what uh, obviously you could tell was a cherished possession of his own um, because of his feelings for Dusty. Uh, And it's hard, you know, you know, from everything I've heard about Dusty. And, you know, like I said, I even was lucky enough to meet him for three seconds at an FCW show and he signed my, uh, you know, signed my book and stuff like that. Oh my God. I thought
1: Chad was going to pass out by the way. Thought thought you were going to pass. You out. weren't
0: even there. What are you talking about? It was Michael and I went to that show. It was an out that was the outdoor show at the car lot that you didn't want? Because you didn't want to go to watch an outdoor an outdoor show on a car lot.
1: Let's it, just be for real, Floridians. It was cold
0: out there. It was actually cold. Outdoor out I'm my hoodie.
1: wrestling in Florida is like a sin. I think we should all just get together and tell Booker's to stop it. It's sweaty and hot and. It wasn't hot though. It was
0: cold though. It was. It was, I remember because I'm wearing my hoodie in the picture, so.
1: Calm down. One cold day in Florida. So,
0: yeah, you should tell that to everybody who's out there now. It's I mean, it's cold here in Florida frigid, right now, and a bunch but... of people are being whiny about it. So. Uh, any other topics you wanted to cover, honey? What do you think of Star Wars? We both saw Star Wars. It's been out for a few weeks now. So if you haven't gone and seen it yet, and you're worried about spoilers, you probably should have gone already. Uh,
1: Very true. Uh I loved it. We have a, a huge contingency of friends who disliked it, didn't enjoy it, but I really liked it. I took our seven-year-old to see it and she liked it, which I thought was amazing. It has some adult tones, some um deeper life meaning overtones that I didn't know if she would grasp. Don't worry, she didn't. But the action was cool enough that um that she was she was totally into it. Uh I don't know. There's a lot of the movie that I think is unnecessary. So... Such as? The the whole casino scene yeah, yeah, well. is essentially an unnecessary part of the movie. It's pretty long, and I don't know what story it really furthered. They're telling a romance between Finn and Rose, but nothing was all that romantic about the moment. I... I I, question, I was really lost. It seems moment. a
0: lot set up for Benicio Del Toro's character, which I question will not be a bigger role in the next movie. I think that was a lot. I think they could have cut down the setup to get to him a little bit, but I think because of the and I don't know what his character is going to be, you know, what part it's going to play, he's going to play in the next movie, but I definitely feel like he's going to play something, so
1: Well, because everyone's Pointing out that he essentially plays the Boba Fett like mercenary role in this in this tale, which is funny because in Empire there's obviously a double cross, big time. He's playing a mercenary. That's they just needed an excuse. Uh, But the funny part is a lot of people
0: are kind of making the comparison to Boba Fett with Captain Phasma because of, you know, little lines and, you know, cool-looking character type of situation, that that's, that's more your comparison point to Boba Fett. I mean, they both have Phasma.
1: super cool armor, but since Boba Fett's my favorite character, he wasn't aligned, and he was a independent mercenary, so he can't be Phasma. Phasma's clearly on a side. Hmm, that's <laughs> like
0: true. Uh, we all know who she's working for. So. Well, but we knew most of the time that, that Bobo was working for Jabba for most of it, so.
1: Yeah. Sold his skills for money, you know. I guess if the Rebels had more cash, they, on they worked on their side. Yeah. I don't. For the people who follow the animated series, there's a Mandalorian who's on the Rebels team. So apparently, their whole race and. Other mercenaries don't have to necessarily choose the dark side. There it's just who gets you first.
0: There
1: you go. Uh, I don't know. I just, they needed a double cross. I get that, you know, Lando Calrissian couldn't have happened twice. And I, there's that's all the parallels that they're making to, to empires. Like, all of that storyline seemingly arced again. I don't know what they want from Star Wars. Either you want it to be closer to the originals, Or you get really mad about the prequels that went so far away from the original. Like, what do you want from them?
0: Well, first off, the prequels were
1: boring as hell. Um. I mean, yes. Yes, they were. Except my favorite part, which is the pod races. That's right. I'm owning up to it. I'm going to take this L. I freaking loved the pod races. I know, Zach, you're going to come at me later about it. Whatever. I don't care that they dropped a video game in the middle. Yay! Made it interesting for me. So whatever you guys can hate uh the rest of that movie can suck it but the pod races were pretty cool. So. Yeah, my husband's giving me like the dirtiest look right now.
0: Sad. So and sad. I
1: don't it's I fine. really wish I
0: had the the shame sound effect still on my my soundboard but I don't. It's okay.
1: I it's cool. Shame. There, there's shame on me.
0: There's definitely shame.
1: I'm I'm fine with this. I am shamed. But but overall I thought it was a really good story. I thought the lesson that was learned from for the Jedi's was awesome. I appreciated the the twist about Ray's parents. I was super excited about that, and I really appreciated the connection they made between Ray and Ben. Hmm. I thought, I thought that was an interesting, ben,
0: interesting way to go. Ben, what a hipster you are! Calling calling Kylo Ren by his actual by his actual name. There, well,
1: once he, you know,
0: you got gonna...
1: yeah, that's right.
0: You gotta call you gotta call Dean Ambrose John Moxley now just to really hipster it up.
1: <laughs> no, but can I call him El Generico instead?
0: of... <laughs> well, no, that's not who Fine. who Dean Ambrose was.
1: We were naming other wrestlers. I could call something else. Like, wasn't that what we were just doing?
0: Yeah, but you can't. El Generico wasn't hasn't turned into anybody else. El Generico is obviously at the in Mexico with the orphans. You can't use that in this example. He's.
1: Ugh, I hate you right now. Fine, fine. But no, I wouldn't call Dean Ambrose something else because I like Dean Ambrose better. All right, so,
0: it's yeah. fine. Anything else you want to bring up, honey, before we Anymore. wind up our wind up our Allen Family Hot Takes episode?
1: Ooh, um, I'm happy to see Paige back on WWE. Yeah, is, is that okay? Definitely. Can I be excited that uh, that she's back on and uh, they have a nice big roster and they're gonna have a women's royal rumble i'm Mm -hmm. super super fangirling about that um that means we get to have both a men's and women's royal rumble pool which is awesome i could win money twice Mm. and uh yeah i think that's i think that's what i'm excited for so i'm uh i don't know who i want to win but i think we'll probably have a prediction a little later so yeah we
0: might bring it up maybe we'll have the uh uh, if we do a big Rumble prediction episode, maybe we'll have the boys from uh, uh, Fist come on and we can do a super wrestling nerds prediction episode for, for Rumble.
1: That's awesome. I like them boys from Fist. They always tell it like it is. I appreciate it. And, uh... <coughs> did we have anything else? Any get-your-shit-in moments that we needed?
0: Uh, fullygimmick.com. Go buy your merchandise. Go get the... Uh... The fully gimmicked boxes, get the merch boxes. Uh, they've been apparently doing very well with those. You get a lot of interesting stuff in them. Uh, for oh. any of the fully gimmicked ambassadors, they just started one for a previous guest of the IndieCast, uh, Aria Blake, because apparently she got a ticket in Atlanta, uh, and it was 600 bucks. Ooh, so they started they started making Aria Blake boxes to help her offset that. So help Aria out so she doesn't end up in prison. Uh, also, fully she's...
1: gimmicked will be at the for any of our Florida peeps out there. Um, we'll be at the Time Lord Fest. Yeah. That's coming up. So uh, if you already have your ticket, good luck with that. Um, if you're buying your ticket at there, also good luck with that. Yeah. Um, but it is a good time and they will have awesomely cool merch there as and well. And then
0: uh, Punk Pro Wrestling is announced their next date in uh, Newport, Richie. Uh, that is February the I want to say it's the eleventh. Hold on, let me see which Saturday that was. I was not prepped for a get your shit in segment, so that's my fault.
1: Ha ha ha! I got Chad. She
0: did. She did catch me off guard on that one. Um, yeah, it's the tenth or the eleventh. So I got to look it back up again. But no uh, worries.
1: Go look it up. Go to Punk Pro.
0: Punk Pro Wrestling. Uh, Wrestling uh, without the G at the end. Wrestling on. Uh, on uh, uh, the Twitter, on your Twitter machine, you can... Calm
1: down. That's
0: what Bubba Ray Dudley used to call it. On the Twitter machine? He was on the Twitter machine. So, but uh, yeah, go look it up. They've announced matches already. Effie is going to be there. Nice. Uh, Actually going for the Get Your Shit In title against Matt Kenway. Uh, So there'll be more people announced for that, I'm sure, since that tends to be a scrambleish title. And then I believe Kirk Stallion uh, was booked. He was going to be fighting Aaron Epic for the uh, Punk Pro title, and uh, Chip Day is booked as well. I do believe. Uh, I do not remember who Chip is fighting right away, but he had a uh, he had a pretty good. Oh, Chip! Day. I think it's Chip Day and John Davis actually. Oh. So, so oh, that's going to be, be an exciting. That'll match. be brutal. Yeah, uh, I can tell you who will be front row for that match. Zach Stapp. <laughs> um, so,
1: <laughs> John is number one fan. That's right. All right. So. Well, I think we are. I think we are all good for the evening yeah, sir. Yeah,
0: we are spent. Yeah. It's time to go catch up on the last episode of Doctor Who that we uh, we haven't caught up on yet. So yeah. So,
1: well, uh I don't know. I never do this outro. Well, what, <laughs> what do you want? Don't stare at me. I, I, I want
0: to see if you I want to see if you could if you outro okay.
1: I don't. That's why I'm staring at you.
0: This
1: <laughs> <Deuces. laughs>
0: Until next time, everybody, I'm Chad Allen. (laughs) And I'm Shelly Allen. And she already said, (laughs) Doosies!